Check me out. Look, I know perfect timing feels like I'm too late. And I know I'm still great in spite of my mistakes. You know it's authentic every rhyme I say. Alright, what's going on y'all? Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Perfect Time in Multisport. Have y'all noticed I have stopped saying yo-yo? Um, anyway, neither here nor there. Uh, welcome, I'm really excited to be back. I'm excited to uh, change things up a bit. As we mentioned last week, uh, we're going to be shifting and actually having these pre-recorded uh, episodes to just give you guys a better quality. Um, so I'm excited to bring you that better quality, not only in the, the interview, but also in this uh, content that we're giving you. And today I'm joined by a new friend, uh, Katie, how you doing? Good, how are you, Mike? I'm pretty good, I'm pretty good. You know, we just had to work through this technology issue, but we're figuring out where we're going. Uh, so how's your day been? It's been, um, it's been long, but this has been, I'm very happy to be here. Alright, cool, cool. Um, so tell, to tell you all how uh, I was introduced to Katie, um, just through the community, as folks know, I love building community, I love building relationships, and I love the multi-sports space. So as a cyclist and other things, uh, I was re Katie reached out. She's like, "Hey, I'm just getting into cycling, um, and I've loved the community that I've been able to build as a result. And I want to make sure I give that to other people. Um, we'll talk about that here in a bit, but definitely want to make sure I, I give you guys the the preview of that so you can get excited. But enough about that. More about you. Tell us a little bit about yourself, and in particular, tell us where you're from." Where you're at, um, how you got, why, how you got here, and why you're staying. Okay, so I am. I live here now in the DC area, and um, I'm originally from North Carolina. What part? From the Raleigh Durham Chapel Hill area. Okay. And so um, I moved here for school to attend University of Maryland. All right. University. What is that? Uh, Terp. Yes. What is a Terp? I'm, it's is, a turtle. Okay. Alright, cool. I, I've never heard of like a turp as a turtle, but I know enough people that went to Maryland that I should know that. But uh, so, what's making you stay? What am I staying? Yeah, why are you staying here? Why? Oh, why am I staying here? Oh, so I'm studying um, for a master's of social work, and, okay. um, but I do plan on staying though after, huh. after I graduate. So. Alright, All right, cool. Hey, at least you have a plan. Like a lot of people, they come to DC and the DMV area. They're like, like me. I'll be here for a few months and then move to Miami, and then something happens and you get stuck. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want to say. I love, I love the area and I love the people. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And we'll definitely get a little bit more into that in, in particular. What you mean by the area and the people, especially the people. Um, so. Take us back a little bit to your time in North Carolina. Like, what was it like growing up for you? What was your childhood like? Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> well, um, I would say I had... I would say I had a, you know, a fairly good childhood. I mean, okay. I had loving parents and yeah. a brother and sister. Um, Where do you fit in? Are you like the oldest, youngest, yes, middle? Yes, so I'm the oldest. Okay. Um, the oldest child, I would say 
my childhood was a bit like rough. Or actually, I feel like part of my childhood I didn't really. Um, yeah, honestly, I feel like I probably didn't have much too much of a childhood after you know going through an amputation at fourteen. But mm. um, yeah, I'm actually glad that I'm not a child anymore. That I'm I, I, an adult. But I, yeah, I understand. Yeah, I understand. And we'll definitely uh. Talk a little bit about that. Um, won't dig too much in as much as you're comfortable yeah. talking about it, right? Um, so, thinking about that, obviously, knowing that PTM, Perfect Time Multisport, is a space where we talk about uh, athletics, especially. Um, so, I'm curious, as a child, were you an active child? Uh, what was that athletics like for you in your life? <laughs> Actually, I was not an um, athletic as a child. I right. tried out for the uh, girls of basketball team in eighth grade. I uh -huh. did not make it. I think I, I think I would think I tried out for softball one time. I yeah. didn't make that either. Um, uh, so sports were your thing? No, that's not. That's not. <laughs> no, not so what, what was the thing that kept you engaged as a, as a as a young as a child? I don't even know that as an weird. adolescent. I was like overweight as a child. Um, okay. I. You love food? So what was your favorite thing to eat as a child then? Oh my gosh, I remember just like, my, <laughs> my parents would like get like these like apple pies from like Sam's Club. I mean, yeah. I, it, wasn't, it wasn't like healthy food, but um... Who? <laughs> I ate honey buns all the time. <laughs> I remember honey buns, yeah, or like little um, Debbie, like little, yeah. little snacks. Yeah. That's yeah. so funny, I haven't thought that in years. Hey, that's, that's my thing. So, <laughs> so uh, food, food was uh, the main thing. And they, they, yeah. Food and television. Yeah. All right. What, what was your favorite TV show? I'm curious. Oh my goodness! I remember like Nickelodeon, like watching. Um, it was like Keenan and Cal or. Um, yeah, that was that was that. my name. Um, all that. Yeah. Oh man, taking me back a little. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um, so I, I know we touched on a little bit uh, as we got into the first initial part of talking about your childhood, but um, remembering that uh, you did become an amputee at a really young age, so um, not, you can go into it as much as you want to. Again, this is definitely your space and your time, so take this conversation wherever you want it to go. Um, but as you think about that, I'm curious, how did the folks around you show up for you and support you through that time? So family, uh, your friends, your school, and then in the back end, we're going to talk about the technology aspect right. a little bit. Um, honestly, I would say after, so I did experience an amputation after I had a blind blood clot um, following um, heart surgery, and so I had vascular complications, which led to a blood clot, which um, led to gangrene. Um, I was told that gangrene came up with my legs; they could save the right one, but they couldn't save the left. Um, and so basically, um, I woke up with my leg gone, and um, just like looking back at that time, I would say that. Um, just regarding, I mean, truthfully, truthfully, like, my parents were there for me, but in regards to um, family beyond that, um, yeah. I would not say that there was support there. Um, yeah. I mean, I remember talking to my grandparents over the phone, but in regards to, um, I mean, truthfully, you know, 
my family is dysfunctional. Who, who isn't? You know, his family isn't dysfunctional, but in regards to support, there there was not too much support mm-hmm. after, like beyond the uh, immediate family. And so, um, you know, I remember like my mom took as much time as she was able to yeah. off of work to stay with me. But then eventually, she had to go back to work, and um, I um, I did remember doing hospital school until I transitioned back into going to school in person mm-hmm. and um yeah those were just I mean honestly those were just like really hard times and just yeah. um yeah like uh, uh, very hard times I understand and thank you for sharing uh, a little bit about that um so you talk about your family quite a bit in that in that response but how about your friends uh, and, and yeah how, how were your friends showing up and all uh, yeah and also being mindful uh, for me, as I even asked the question, recognizing that you're a teenager at this time, right? So, what does friendship actually look like to me at that time? I, rec- I had like one friend, um, I had one friend at the time, um, but honestly, and obviously, this is like really painful to talk about, but honestly, when I honestly, like, it was a really isolating time for me. Um, I have I have a lot of memories of honestly just looking, you know, out the mirror. I'm not, I'm sorry, not the mirror, but look out the window. Like in the mornings, yeah. I would see like my peers who I would, you know, at one time I would catch the school bus with. Yeah. You know, I would be staring out the window like they're catching the school bus. I'm there at home. You know, I can't even walk. You know, and right. um, I would, you know, when three thirty, three o'clock would come around, like I would be back looking outside the window, and I would see them, you know. Yeah. You know, coming off the school bus. So I mean, I would say until I was sixteen, because when I was sixteen, I was able to learn how to. You know, I was able to you know, get my driver's license. But up until that time, though, I mean, it was just extremely isolating. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just due to just you know challenges I was having once I did go back to school, um, which was incredibly hard. And also, you know, that was you know during a time where. You know, it was like before, like September 11th. It was before, you know, prosthetics were more visible. It was before we had like cell phones. Um, well, before I had a cell phone. You know, before <laughs> yeah. like you know, I was able to, you know, like we did. Like there was like no Instagram. There was, yeah. like it, I did not see. I wasn't able to see people, especially um, young people who looked like me. Like that was like very rare. So I mean, I, I honestly. Um, when I look back at that time, just, I mean, yeah, when I do look at, look back at the, those years, it's like, my gosh, I could see where, like, things could have been done differently, or where, where I should have had support, or my parents should have had support, um, or I look back, like, at the community, but I think, um, you know, I'm just thinking, I'm so grateful that things have evolved, the times have changed, yeah. you know, and that, um, so many things regarding disability is more visible and also there are more resources in the community but also but, but during that time I um, I actually you know ended up like not finishing high school traditionally choosing to leave um, the school and oh. um, also too um, just given you know like the prosthetics I had at the time I mean it was extremely painful um, like it would be hard just to even sit in, like in a classroom and like in a chair and I did not know too like how to Ask for accommodations. I didn't know how. I didn't even know really that accommodations like were a possibility. 
Um, so at what point did you realize accommodations were actually a possibility? Honestly, and, it, and what yeah. does what does I'm sorry, what does accommodations actually mean for the folks yeah. that are not really aware of this language? So I honestly did not know that accommodations for school were available until I was like in my early twenties and I was going to a community college. Right. And when I got those um, accommodations through disability services, um, I mean that was a game changer for me. And yeah. so I and to explain a bit more about that, like for example, like if I had, you know, pain, like physical pain, um, and I'm not like that's impacting like my ability to do work, um, I could have an accommodation like for an extension, for example, for, mm-hmm. you know, like a paper or whatever. And so like it's like getting like like having accommodations for just like the things I go I go through, um like that's an that's it's allowed me to get through school, it's allowed me to get my bachelor's degree and now I'm working on my master's degree. And also as time has changed, um and as I've changed, like those accommodations have like they changed too. I love you know? that. And so yeah. I love that. So you definitely talked a little bit on that technology piece of uh, 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 with being an NFT and the prosthetics. Uh, so I'm curious though, and taking a step back, because I know you, you jumped a little bit to yeah. the community college uh, piece, but I'm curious, as a teenager, you talked about the physical health and the relationships you had, but how did you navigate this space in a mental, in a mental health way? Oh, goodness. Um, so these are good questions, Mike. So <laughs> honestly, um, how did I navigate? I probably didn't do a good job. I will say, so I remember um, like being, you know, seeking to see like a therapist. Um, honestly, I didn't think anything was really helpful for me during that time. I was honestly, I remember, um, truthfully, to be truthful, I remember like, um, you know, there, I was on like, I was on like an antidepressant and it, it wasn't actually until like two years after um, losing my life that I, you know, was able to even begin grieving loss of my life because I couldn't feel because I was on a, I guess the wrong type of antidepressant. I, I was right. numb. I was numb, you know, and so, but after I remember like my mom would come and give me one of those little pills and I, and I look back at this, I think to myself, my God, how did, you know, my younger self like know, like this is doing something to me because, you know, eventually I, when I made that connection, she would come and give me like my little pill and I would go and I'd put it in a plant. <laughs> but it was so great. I'm glad I did because I, yeah, yeah I wasn't until, because I lost my like 14 when I wasn't until I was like 16 when I finally began grieving because I could wow. feel again. Yeah, so what did that grieving process actually look like? Oh my like god, um, it was shit, it was hell. Um, yeah. I mean, I remember, like, I have, like, no, I think a lot of it, like, I've repressed because it's so fucking, so, so painful, yeah. but I think that, um, you know, I have, like, memories of just, like, sitting, like, in my room and, like, just crying or, like, you know, hitting my head against the wall. Um, I remember, like, I had... This might be too much information. I remember, like, I had like a shower chair, and um, I remember, like, I was so upset that, like, I took the shower chair and I, like, you know, threw it in the closet, and like, I, you know, I beat it up against the wall, so then, like, you know, my parents couldn't see that there was like a, 
you know, I felt like I kind of like that. It wasn't a hole, but there was, you know, I, you know, I was banging in a shower chair in there. And so, yeah. um, it was, it was painful. And it was also a time where I so badly wanted to belong and to fit in. And I could not do that. You know, I remember, um, just struggling just to keep up. Like I have like memories of being, trying to be a part of like a group of other like young people and I because I wasn't physically able to like keep up like I remember like just feeling like bad about myself you know like it's like I could never keep up it's like that was like an ongoing theme like I could never right. keep up I could never keep up and um and also just because of that and, and then just the pain like the physical pain from like the prosthetics I had at the time available to me and again this was like 20 years ago um yeah which could result like often like with like just wounds and blood and like you have to like you're walking in that and so but most of my childhood I feel like as after amputation was just I feel like I spent mainly mostly like in a chair in a home I was I stayed home a lot yeah um yeah so so you, you just started to talk about the technology piece again and um and earlier you mentioned this you, you're going through this experience and losing your leg pre 9 11 um september 11. what did that look like and how did that technology piece actually shift and what did you what did you notice in that time shifting i actually um I remember when September 11th happened because I remember I was at home in my room and I was listening to the radio. I listened a lot to AM radio um, during that time because it felt like it was a friend, like, like there was someone with me. Um, and I remember hearing that on the radio. Um, in regards to when I saw like a shift in regards to like prosthetics, it would not be until many years later, unfortunately. Um, yeah. How, how were you about when you started to notice that shift? That shift. So I was actually, was I 20 or 27? It was like 2013. So it was 2013. So yeah, I actually, yeah, so I lost, so yeah, I lost my leg in 2000. It was 2013 when I actually got like my first microprocessor knee. Wow. And um, I actually went out of state to get that. And so, um... Were you still in North, Car North Carolina at this yeah, time? Yeah, I was okay. in North Carolina, yeah. And I actually went up to New York to get, wow. to get that. And so, there's a company there. And so, um, so... With insurance companies and with, like, prosthetic technology, um, it can be really hard to obtain this equipment. And um, often it's, you know, you have to, like, fight the insurance company. Right. Um, but yeah, but I, so but I used basically a like a manual knee before that. So it's only been like what 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20. So, so only like seven, eight years that I've you know been using more of the computerized technology. But um, for the for but yeah, for most of my time as an EPT, I used the you know manual <laughs> knee or non-computerized technology. <laughs> so you definitely seen the shift in how. Not only the folks in, in your community who probably was able to support, but uh, the folks outside of your community through maybe it be through 9-11. Um, 
but it was definitely a shift in that support, it seems like. I also know that you work in the support space and the counseling space now, and that's something that you're working towards, especially to work more. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing now in your personal, in your professional space and like how the, how the things you went through as a child and all you've been going through your whole life, how do they play a role in doing what you're doing now? Yeah, so right now um, I'm finishing up my Master's of Social Work and I'm actually hoping to work with um, the amputee population or with young people who have disabilities. Um, I would say like my biggest motivate, yeah, my biggest motivation for wanting to do this is is that I don't want for another child. Um, yeah, I don't want for any child, but especially you know, not another child who has um, a disability to um, go through the lows that I've I've experienced in regards yeah. to just questioning my self worth, or also just you know, one of my biggest regrets um, is that you know I. I spent many, and yeah, it's hard to even like think about, but I spent, um, my God, like probably like, yeah, like nearly like 20 years, like just being, gosh, it's hard to say, it's hard to talk about, but it's, I guess because it's like, I think it's hard to talk about or to say because mm -hmm. I know there's a better way now and I know what right. I can do differently now and also like, I make different choices now, but I, you know, but I don't want for another child to experience, you know, hiding themselves or be ashamed of themselves, right. you know, because that's, I mean, I've done that for like nearly 20 years, you know, yeah. and, you know, I had, I had, you know, I was struggling with myself seeing before I lost my luck and then losing my luck, you know, that was just, you know, yeah. you know, shattering. And so I, um, you know, I, like, as a teenager, like, I remember, you know, like, I would, like, wear men, men, men's clothes. I would, like, I would take, um, like, sweatshirts, like, men's shirts. I would, like, wrap my waist around. I would do everything I could to hide that I had a prosthesis, you know, or to hide, like, where, you know, it kind of, like, sometimes can stick out a little bit. But I would, you know, just do everything I could to just hide, you know, yeah. myself. And it's, um... I don't want, you know, when I look back, like, those years were so, like, paralyzing, like, I, I literally, like, it's like my life stopped, like, I don't want for anyone to go through that, you know, and to just, um, spend just so much time, if not years, just, like, living in fear, and really, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's not worth it, it's not good, like, you don't have to, um, yeah, I guess, like, I've been, like, on this journey of, like, self, like, discovery and, like, self-love, and it's just, yeah. like, you know, I, yeah, I, yeah, I don't even know what to say, like. I mean, you're saying all the things. Okay. I'm like, I can just get out the camera, I mean, <laughs> you know, you, you, you're definitely saying all the things, and, like, really expressing the things that you, you, it's almost like you're sitting here reading my cards. <laughs> I think I have self-discovery actually in here. <laughs> so, um, but as we transition and, and from talking about that work piece, right, um, 
you are continuing to do the work, and, and although you're working towards getting your masters to do this on a more official, professional, uh, in a more official and professional space, um, you're doing that work, and that's how we met. So, thinking about how we met and thinking about um, the ways we actually initially connected. Uh, you're doing this bike clinic, so tell us a yes. little bit about that. So, what is it? When is it? Why is it? Yeah. Let's talk about it. So I'm organizing, with the help of so many wonderful people, a amputee cycling clinic um, October 4th okay. in Rock Creek Park. And, um, oh my gosh, I'm just so excited about this. So why was this something uh, you actually wanted to do? Yes, so it's something I wanted to do because I have been learning how to ride. <laughs> you have been what? Yes, learning how to ride my bike. Alright, learning how to ride the yes, bike, cool. for like three months now and um, yeah. sorry, I get so excited about it. So yes, so I've, so I, um, I've, been, I've been learning how to ride um, like since at end of June, towards end of June, I got my bike a Shiloh. That's her name, Shiloh. Shiloh. Yes, and so um, yeah, I want to say I've been practicing like every day. I call it practicing, but no, it's been like totally life changing for me. And one of the like blessings about this bike is that I mean, I'm continuously like I learn every day. Like every time I'm on this bike, I learn so much from her. Oh, sorry. It's like, I just <laughs> I personalize it, but she's like, yeah, it's. It's brought me just like it's been so life changing for me because like mm -hmm. this bike forces me to like face my fears. It forces yeah. me to love myself. It's literally been like such an exercise wow. of just self love because it's like because like being on this bike yeah. makes me so happy and brings me so much joy. It's like that joy that this bike brings me outweighs like wow. the fear or the yeah, like the worry or concern that I may have of someone else looking at me because I have a prosthesis, you know, it's like, I'm, it's like each time I get on that bike, like, you know, each time I put on like my shorts mm -hmm. and I get on that bike, like it's, I feel like it's, like it's just been changing me, like it's done something like, I keep going this, it does something like within me that's, because it's become stronger and stronger and it grows because like, where I'm at now compared to even like back in June, like mm -hmm. I really don't care what someone thinks. Like yeah. and now like I wear like for example shorts like I'm in the grocery store, like it's like, you know, trans like referred over to like so many like it's improved so many other areas, like all the areas of my life. Yeah. And so I always say, uh, in movement and physical activity is such a domino effect for me, right? If I'm not active, if I'm not moving then so many other things are being impacted by this one little thing. Yes. All right. Um, so you talked about her, her name, Shiloh. 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 All right. Talked about Shiloh, but I know there's another one that is in your history. Blue. Blue. Tell yes. us about Blue. So blue. <laughs> yes, Blue is my cruiser. Um. So I. So I got Blue when I was twenty, like twenty years old. And I went to a bike store because I wanted to learn how to ride a bike. Uh -huh. And none of the other bikes worked for me. I thought that, because um, yeah, we, I tried to get on the other bikes that were there, that were available at the store. And 
um, it just wouldn't work, but Blue, the cruiser, did. Yeah. And so I thought that a cruiser was the only type of bike I could ride. And also my riding was only like, just like a few minutes. So I did mm. do physical therapy. I'm, I remember like working with my physical therapist to be able to learn how to ride a bike. And right. um, when I got, when I got Blue, I took Blue over to PT and we, we um, rode blue in the parking lot. Like I did, I remember like doing a circle yeah. and um, being proud. And then um, I would do a circle like at my parents' house. And literally yeah. like a circle. But for me, it's huge. Like even yeah. if I can only stand for like ten minutes, like that's just so huge. And so sorry, not even ten minutes, but ten seconds. Because one of the issues is that my foot would always come off, and oh, so wow. the prosthetics like would always like come off. And so, um, you know, staying on the bike was just like it was just a, a, a challenge. And so, um, just being able to go for a few minutes, um, literally, that was that was my, my cycling journey. Like that was yeah. that was it. And I thought that, and even what's so interesting was even my God, it was like maybe it was just it wasn't it was like a couple like a couple of years ago. It was before I moved here. I remember I went back to the bike store to see if I could get on if I could use another bike, and mm -hmm. um, nothing in the store worked. And wow. so. Um, so that, that definitely changed because you have this new bike. So, um, and that, that's, I'm really happy you shared that in the way that you did because the main thing in the stories that we really try to get across and tell, all right, it doesn't matter where you are, it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're able to get out and be active, you are an athlete and that's perfect. And you're perfect the way that you are. So initially you were getting out doing 10 minutes tops and now you're putting together bike oh, clinics. Not, not even that, and now like you're organizing bike clinics, like yeah, how crazy is that, yeah. right? So I didn't actually know that I could ride a road bike until very, yeah, until back in June. Alright, so, so it's yeah. a perfect transition, tell yeah. us about that experience, so, what was that like when you learned yeah, that? Yeah, so with the pandemic, when the pandemic started, um, which is entirely like, terrifying for everybody, but um, it actually, prior to that, I was going over to the Y, and I was you know, um, I just discovered like group exercise classes and mm -hmm. um, I was learning how to do yoga. So I was becoming like more active. And then like when the pandemic started, you know, I, you know, didn't have the opportunity to exercise or to, to get out like that anymore. And um, I started having physical pain in my back and just um, also just, of course, like becoming depressed and also like saying no and eating like more and gaining weight. And so, you know, I wanted to get back into, I wanted to, ride my bike because yeah. I've seen on Instagram there's all these other amputees who were like riding their bikes and so you know I remember like telling my prosthetist like oh my gosh like, I wish I was like Melissa Stockwell I wish I was like Brenna Huck um and so and there are amputees who are um Paralympians who are yeah. Um, yeah and they're um yeah they're on Instagram and so I would always like go to clinic like showing like Jamie like my um my phone and some, somebody on Instagram who's you know, doing something wonderful and saying, like, I wish I could do that too. And so, but finally, like, in June, um, yeah, so in June, I, I, I drove down to my parents' house and I picked up Blue. Right. Yeah, and I brought Blue back and I, um, I was over, I took Blue, I went with a friend and Blue over to, um, to DC mm -hmm. and, um, over by the Lincoln and I rode Blue. Oh, I mean, of course, I'd have to stop and pause my leg would, I mean, it would, would slide off, but I, I, I was I rode blue and then I ran into another amputee who goes to where I go to and wow. and um 
and I ran into her and like she said, you know, like she was so proud of me and then um, she said how like she wants to learn how to ride a bike and oh, like really? it was just like this like wow. like just like a god like miracle moment because when I saw Aggie it just like I said oh my gosh it was just like it was confirmation that yeah. okay like you can do this you know and um and that's and then just given like you know Blue had like spider had just been had you know spider webs get, you know getting up and gotten on her and just was just dirty and also like given the chain and mm -hmm. I wanted to like just I needed to take her to the store I needed to take her to the store to make sure everything um, was okay just you know maintenance wise and yeah. so that's what brought me into a uh, truck <laughs> so, so yeah and they uh, eventually you got this new bike um, but before we get into the transition from blue to Shyla or Shiloh. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. I know I'm mispronouncing it. Shiloh. Is it Shiloh? Shiloh. Shiloh. All right. I won't do it again. I've tried not to do it again. I'll probably do it again. Um, so when, before I transition to Shiloh, uh, think about Blue. I'm curious. What were some of your like favorite memories with Blue? My favorite memories of Blue was when I could accomplish, whenever it was, I could accomplish riding a bike with her in physical therapy. And so that was like, I was 20, uh, yeah, I was like 20, so that was, because that was huge, that was huge. Um, and then, like, honestly, like, my, like, the memories I had of just being able to, like, go on a circle. So it's like, that was just, I mean, to me, like, I literally thought, like, that's all I could do. And so to me, like, that was huge. And so it's, um, you know, it was just like a celebration, even, like, before I moved here, like, I... Took a video like of my um like my parents like stood outside and watched me go out. <laughs> but it's like it's like this is huge. So yeah. it's like look at me and so <laughs> I like that was I thought that was like my cycling like that was my experience with a bike and so um you know of course like I mean yeah, literally that's all I thought I could do because yeah. of just the limitations and the you know the obstacles. So you quit you go into trekking you quickly realize that that's not all you can do. Not only with you know your athletic abilities and the way you can move but with the materials that you're in, in, the, in, yeah, in the bikes that you're able to use so tell us a little bit about that experience because so, i know it was such a huge it, it, a journey for you so yeah. tell us about that journey buying your new bike so when i went to track um a man named chris um helped me work with me well he helped me to get blue out of the car and bring blue, blue in, and he yeah. helped me to put like, you know, or, you know, uh, the the chain lubricant on blue, make sure blue was okay. But um, did you get the spider webs off? <laughs> I can't remember. That was good. I'm afraid of spiders. All right. But um, you know, I was telling him about the amputee, like the women I've seen on Instagram, the amputees mm -hmm. who ride bikes and how. Um, I said, I said, they have bikes just like that, you know, and they had bikes just like the bikes I saw in the track store. And yeah. um, he told me that he said that he could see, he said that you could, he said, you could do this. Mm -hmm. You could do this. Um, like, he really believed that I could get on, I could use one of those, like a real, like a real bike, a real road bike. And, um, and I didn't even know it was called like a road bike at the time. I just thought like, oh my god, that's the type of bike Melissa Stockwell uses. And so, um, like, <laughs> and so because it's like that's the type of bike Melissa uses, it's like I want that. But when he said that he could see me on those, he said that I could do it. You know, I, I mean, like when I left there, like his words just, um, you know, 
they just stayed with me. And yeah. like, two days later, like, because it's like his words just kept, it's like they haunted me. It's like I just kept, like, yeah, his words just stayed with me. That someone, be- he believed that I could ride one of those bikes just like Melissa Stockwell. And um, that's when I, I, I went back to track. Love it. So I know uh, Louis Bay, but what was it like transitioning into this new found love? Into Shiloh. So, so the story from Shiloh is that so when I yeah when I went back to, um to just to, to see because because you know he said he could see, he could I could do it he could he could see me doing it um when I went back to Trek um first I went to um I went to one I went to one location. And I got on. I got on the bike, and um, well, first I called over there, and um, and they said that they would hold um, two bikes for me to come and see. And I just thought, like, gosh, like that's just so sweet. They're gonna hold it for me, and so like no one can buy it until I can get there. And so um, I drove over to um, Georgetown to to check it out. And um, at first, um, when I got on the bike, like I couldn't get on it. Like it's the same experience like what I had, and. Um, Back in Chapel Hill when I was right. when I was there, and which is how I ended up with Blue. But then, um, and so like they were so sweet, but like we kept trying, it didn't work. Like I couldn't get on the bike; it just would not work. And so going back home, um, you know, I was, I was feeling like down, depressed, and then you know um, because it's like you know, I had my hopes up because like okay, right. I thought I could do this, but then I guess I can't. But then on my, you know, on my way back home, I said, you know what? I was like, let me just stop at this other location since you know mm-hmm. it's close to where I live. So I drove to the other location in Rockville, and um, still a truck store. Or? Yep, still another truck. I said, let me just try this one more time. Right. And so I drove, yeah, because because I said, well, it's not that far from where I live. So I stopped there, and then um, Brenda, who's the manager there now, um, she actually they had like one size fifty mm-hmm. for me, one frame, like one bike that would fit me, and. Um, she actually, like my god, she showed me how to, she has a background in physical therapy and she actually yeah. showed me how to get on the bike, how to tilt it, how to get, showed me how to get on and off the bike. We went outside and wow. she taught me, like we were, the next thing, like I knew, like I was riding, like she gave me yeah, a yeah. She got permission to, um, you know, she got a, actually did I write a little bit in the store too? But she, um, you know, got a helmet for me she yeah. um, spent like she spent like my God like probably two hours with me and just uh-huh. and taught me, you know and um, yeah. So how long did it take you to actually feel comfortable on a bike then? Well, very comfortable because then I went back to the Georgetown location and I got yeah. the and I got the blue one because the one she had was purple and I didn't want purple and so <laughs> I went so I, so so we called over there and to find out um, if they had to so the bike that she had we called um, and see if they had um, yeah there was another color yeah. um, at Georgetown so they, they held it for me and so I drove back over there and I showed them how, how I could get on the bike and yeah. then um, they worked with me and um, they were all happy because like I could get on the bike and um, and then we went outside and I rode a little bit, so... Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. So, so I do know you have a story with your uh, clipping in journey and your bike shoes. Yeah. So I was that. I mean, it's difficult for anybody, right? Um, so as a new cyclist, you go from using Blue, this uh, cruiser, and now you have Shiloh. Uh, so what was that clipping yeah. experience like so, for you? 
Um, about like maybe like close to maybe like a month and a half or close to two months in my journey. Oh no, maybe it was like a month and a half. Yeah, well, because I'm always like so inspired by other cyclists. I'm always like when I see other cyclists, I'm always like watching what they're doing. I'm always like I love to like watch like their calf muscles fire up. I'm always like just yeah. just so inspired by you guys. And so I noticed like um, they, you know. You guys like they you guys clip in they clip in and um i wanted to clip in too and plus it looks really cool the shoes look really cool and so um i (laughs) said you know i wanted to um yeah i said i wanted to get you know really good supportive shoes and so i went over to um rafa which i knew um i learned about from um, an employee at Track, um, Daryl. I learned about Rafa through Daryl, and so I went. Yeah. I went over to a Rafa, and um, yeah. So I'm excited. So I went over to um, Rafa, and um, I was look. I said I was. Well, first off, I could not really park. There's no parking spaces, and they let me park <laughs> in like the little like alleyway, alleyway, and yeah. so. Um, yeah, that was really sweet. And so, um, but yeah, I started looking for some shoes and um, the manager um, told me, she said, you know, Katie, these are, her name is Megan, she said, like, these are really expensive. She said, I really wanna make sure like this works for you, you know, so that you don't, you know, buy something that doesn't work because like you can't bring them up like after, you know, if they're scratched, you know. And, right. and so she said, I've got, a, she said, I've got an old pair of, of shoes that you can borrow. And she said, I'll bring them tomorrow. And she said, that she would help me to be, she said she had a friend who has a bike store and, mm-hmm. and said um, that said they could help me to get set up with being able to clip in and to have mm-hmm. that experience. And so um, I remember like I was just so happy and excited, like, oh my gosh, like I could not believe, like, somebody's let me borrow their shoes and I'm gonna get yeah. to actually get to experience, they're gonna help me. And so um, I came back the next day and um, yeah, she had the shoes. She took mm-hmm. me over to um, a district cycle to Matt's store, a district cycle works, and um, okay. I got to meet Matt and her and um, someone else. But I can't think of his name, but um, they literally took Shiloh and set her up on a trailer. Sorry, not a trailer, but a trainer. And um, I got to experience like what it was like, um, like being clipped in, and so. I love it. So, and all these stories you talk about. A different person, right? Yeah. And when you bring these people together, that make it, they make it communities. So, can you tell us how that community has been showing up for you? Um, yeah, just sharing, share that a little bit. Yeah. So I would say, like, the community part has been has been sharing, sharing up on a daily basis with my um mm-hmm. my cycling journey. Like, and that's that's one of the things that actually inspired the cycling clinic because I couldn't believe that. Um, my god, I couldn't believe that somebody was gonna like a stranger was gonna like let me borrow her shoes and yeah. then also um you know Matt had like opened up the doors to his store to to help to help me. Like these people knew, knew me from Adam and yeah. um you know it and then also um Matt's colleague um Austin even like um because Matt said they were gonna form a team around me to help teach me how to clip in and and um even yeah, because even Austin um, came to me to one of my prosthetic appointments to help, you know, bring his expertise, but then also to learn more about the challenges I'm facing with my prosthetic, you know, as we're, you know, building me, you know, a, a cycling prosthetic, you know, um, but oh my gosh, like that just like, that was, that just meant everything and it still yeah. does because it's like, who does that? Like they did not know me from Adam and yeah. offered to, 
like not only teach me but to support me and to um, you know yeah I just I, I've never seen anything like that before and um, it's yeah so that's that's I've met like I've met so many wonderful people as I have been down this journey the last three months um, I mean it's I mean if anything I feel like it's the first time in a very long time since I felt community and it's definitely the first time I felt community since I've moved here and yeah. um, aside from my school community but mm -hmm. um, it's yeah it's yeah I would say it's community it's the it's the it's the people who I've been so inspired by in my journey who have basically been the inspiration for um, creating a space <laughs> for other APTs, you know, for the cycling clinic. I love this. Um, so, staying along the lines of community and how you're developing relationships, uh, we were talking quite a bit about how you're de developing relationships with other people, but I'm really curious about is how are you develop? how has your bike now changed and let me actually read this because I don't okay. want to mess it up. Alright, how has your relationship changed with your bike? Interesting. How is my relationship? Oh, I still adore my bike. Um, how has it changed? How is my relationship? It's a good question. How has my relationship with changed? With your bike? I would say I've definitely become more confident on the bike, more right. like I feel like more stronger on the bike. Mm -hmm. How has my relationship changed? And also, as you think about that, how has your relationship changed um, with as an athlete since you've gotten this bike? Um, I would honestly say that I'm becoming more comfortable with my body. Mm. Um, I'm becoming more confident in who I am, and meaning like. I'm becoming more confident in like what being an AMPT means for me and what having a disability means to me. Like I'm like it's interesting because it's something that like I guess I'm discovering and learning like each time I'm I'm on it. So it's um it's like this relationship with this bike, it's like how do I put it towards Maybe I can't put it in towards. I just know that it's changing me, and each time it's just something new and something different that I discover that makes me better, that makes me know myself more, that kind of like heals yeah. my heart from wounds that I never thought I would ever like yeah. heal from. Uh, uh, that makes me want to go around with like. Right? Sheesh. <laughs> oh, man. Um, where do I go from there? <laughs> no. All right. So, how has your your perspective? You actually just kind of touched on this. How has your perspective as an amputee um, changed since riding since riding your bike and building this community? You know, I'll be honest. I think you know it's so interesting, and I'll just share. Like in my head, I was thinking like I love being an amputee. Like I have moments where yeah, I love being an amputee. I love being me. I love you mm -hmm. know this is something that you know. I can't change, you know, I can't change the fact that my leg is gone and I can't, yeah, I can't disassociate from 
being an amputee, like I cannot not be an amputee, but I have moments where I love being an amputee. And, um, sorry, what was the question? Sorry. Yeah, uh, no worries. Um, how has your perspective changed uh, um, on being an amputee uh, since rounding yeah. the bike and building this community? Yeah, so it's just that like I have moments where I love being an amputee, and I think that just means like I have moments of just loving myself and just. Yeah. Um, like the pain of just so much loss and just so much that I could not control as a child right. and that I could not even um, yeah describe or articulate things that I couldn't even <clears throat> attach a word to or label um, it's like that doesn't really it's like that's not like it's like that's not so close to my heart, like it doesn't hurt as much, like yeah. it's not so present, it doesn't show up so much, like that pain. Yeah, I bet. So I remember when we, uh, I think the first time we had a conversation and I was telling you about Perfect Time Multisport, telling you about the, the story and the name behind it and what it like really means at yeah. the foundation, right? And you were saying like, it's oh perfect. my gosh, it was the perfect time for totally. me to get the bike. Completely. What do you mean by that? Uh, I, I kind of did it intentionally did not ask a follow-up question because I wanted to save it for everybody else. So yeah, why was it the perfect time to get your bike uh, at, the, at that moment? I think, Honestly, like in my heart, I'm thinking maybe it was the perfect time for me to to begin healing, to begin healing in ways that yeah. I mean, I literally just did not. I mean, honestly, I never. The way my heart feels now, like the way my heart is so open to just life and to living and to just exploring others, the world, myself, um, like I feel things now and have and experience things now that I never even thought were possible. And so um, just like having that joy, it's like, <sighs> yeah, sorry, I get so emotional, I can't, I forget the question. What would you say? No, sorry. no worries. I mean, yeah, this just, why was the perfect, perfect time, time? Oh, to, yeah, to because, get... yeah, because I think really, like I think, you know, and just, you know, I don't know what other people believe, but just maybe, like, I think God just wanted me to heal. Like, maybe God was, like, saying, like, now it's the time mm -hmm. for you to begin healing. Because this bike has been such a medium for just so much good. And so, and it's yeah. wild. I would have never thought that it would come from a, a bike. And I hope for others and, and people's lives, maybe, like, it's... It can be other things that are not bikes that people can experience joy and these gifts from. But for me, it was a bike and it was, it's something like, I mean, probably if it wasn't for the, unfortunately, maybe if it wasn't for the pandemic happening, I would have maybe never even, yeah. you know, yeah. paid attention or perceived something like this. That's amazing. I'm like starting to tear up. We need to start keeping tissues in here for these interviews because that was a whole vibe. Um, Alright, so shifting a little bit, and that's kind of perfect because, um, yeah, shifting a little bit as we start to transition and start to wrap up, as folks can tell, we are not doing this live, but we do want to make sure we still bring you some authentic rapid fire action. So as we always do, Daniela and I are going to tag team quite a bit. 
and get you some rapid fire. You're, you know what rapid fire? No. But, all right, cool. So it, it's just we're gonna ask you some questions, okay. and you're just gonna come out with the first sentence, okay. um, first thing that comes to mind. I'm gonna bounce. I'm gonna say something. Danny's gonna say something, okay. and we're just gonna wrap up with some of our staple questions. All right. All right. So first. This is actually Daniel's favorite question, but I'm still it. What is your favorite memory in athletics as an athlete? Now or as a child? Period. Oh. It can be now. Oh, I have so many memories. I can't choose. Um, I, it, there would be like the memories I have when, um, like since I've had Shiloh and I'm with friends. I get to ride with friends, with others. I love that. All right. So you've mentioned a couple of your favorite amputee athletes. If you had to go on a bike ride with one of them, which one would it be? Melissa Stockwell. Alright, so if you had to go on a bike ride with one of your favorite athletes, it would be Melissa Stockwell. Yes. Cool. Wanted to make sure I repeat that for folks that are not able to hear. Um, so, do you have any mentors in this space? Any athletic mentors? Oh my gosh, I have so many. I feel like it's um, <clears throat> it's been like the people who I've met in the community, like you, um, yeah. like um, Matt, um, now Daniela. I'm, oh my gosh, like I'm like um, like it's so like like when I get on Instagram, like I'm like always looking at people, and I'm just like in awe, <laughs> like and I look at people online, like people in person. I feel like yeah. everybody is like. I mean, I've met so many wonderful wonderful people who have just contributed so much insight and wisdom to my journey, and you know it's. Yeah, like I feel like everybody has been like my mentor, honestly. Yeah. That's the great that's the great part about social media. It's like you're able to connect with people that you otherwise wouldn't be able to connect with in a really easy way. Alright, so I love that. And to Matt oh. uh I mean Matt, Mike, I've had um people also like cyclists to like just stop me and like yeah. well on the bike like on like riding, like they'll like talk to me and they'll like give me tips or share with me things and yeah. so so, yeah, it works. Yeah, yeah. I love that. All right. Um, my next question for you is, now that you're getting more and more familiar with a road bike, what other kind of cycling are you interested in doing? Hmm. I want to get a mountain bike. I want to learn how to, um, I want to be able to ride on trails. And so, right. um, I want to do that. And also maybe like touring. I've heard about that. That sounds amazing. Yeah. So yeah, I'm hoping to one day like have like um, another bike so I can do more things. I, I have I have a backup question. Yeah. Do you have a list of names in mind for that potential next bike, or do you name them based <laughs> on feeling? I totally name them based on feeling, and so yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. I'm sure I, I, I was thinking about that earlier, but I didn't ask. So thank you, Daniela, for asking that. Um, so since Daniela had two rapid fire questions and going out of order and cheating the system, uh, <laughs> I had two. Uh, what is your favorite thing to eat before a long ride and after a long ride? Fruit. I like eating fruit before um, I ride. Yeah. And, um, What's your, what kind of fruit? Any fruit, but I really like apples. Alright, cool. And after your ride? Um, well, I kind of like to eat all, like anything because... <laughs> That's true. <real. laughs> 
That's yeah, me accurate. too. Yeah. <laughs> I think anybody watching this and rides their bike and gets moving will identify with that 100%. Cool. Danny? Um, I'm one of the questions I definitely want to know a little bit more about is um, I know that you're considering a trainer mm. to bike in the colder season. Yeah. How do you think it would feel to ride inside versus like the discovery that it's been to ride outside? It's probably gonna suck. I mean, it's probably still gonna be the same for sure. But um, you know, I'm thinking just so that I can maintain like the muscle memory and also just stay strong. Um, I I feel like it's worth it. Like, I was thinking I didn't want to like you know train and learn how to ride and then become weak. You know, and then in the spring like I'm not you know able to you know I don't want to like lose like yeah. the muscles that I'm developing. Talking about, about strength. I love that. So, uh, last question, uh, not necessarily in the rapid fire, but since Daniela did help transition us from the rapid fire to more in-depth questions, the last question I have is, what has athletics taught you about yourself? How to believe in me. It's awesome. I love that. And then the last question, well, last two questions that I had is, one, if you had to marry one, kiss one, kill one, swim, bike, run. Now, I know you're not a triathlete, but this is kind of a triathlon space. So if you had to marry one, kiss one, kill one, swim, bike, run, what would it be? So would I swim, bike, or run? Yeah, if you had to marry, like, uh, for me, huh, I've never had to answer this. And it's, so for me, I would marry the bike, oh, I would oh. kiss the, the run, and I would oh. kill the swim. Actually, I will kiss. I will kiss the swim and kill the run. I would um, marry the bike. I would kill the swimming. What's the other one? That you you would kill the swimming, or uh, is swim, bike, and run? Marry, kiss, kill. I would kiss the running. I would kill the swimming, and I would marry the bike. All right, I love it. And then the last question um, that we always like to ask everybody that we come across. Uh, is how you how would you define the perfect athlete? Someone who believes in himself. That's it. And he loves others. Uh, yes, that's a really good addition. I love that. Um, so again, thank you for joining us in this thank conversation. You, thank you for everybody that's watching um, this recording. Thank you for everybody that's listening to this recording. If you're watching and you're curious about how you can listen, go to Apple, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you get your podcast, just search Perfect Time in Multisport. And if you're listening and you're trying to figure out how can you watch it, you can just go to our YouTube channel, Perfect Time in Multisport. You can also connect with us on social media, Perfect Time in Multisport. Um, and that, that's a ways to connect. And then also, Quick thank you, big thank you to all of our partners. Um, they continue to make this happen. Um, and just the people that are real, really here in the front lines doing the, doing the work. They actually are the people that make this happen. Um, partners are important, but Daniela, uh, Roy, Freddie, shout out to Freddie that's joining the team. Um, and also gotta acknowledge myself for making sure we make this happen to bring 
you know, dope conversations like Katie to you guys. Um, so the partners that I definitely want to make sure I acknowledge, Philly Bike Expo, Urban Athletic Club, Athletic Brewing Company, Aftershocks, and Walls Caps. And in saying that, almost fell. We got new cycling caps, so everybody that all the podcast guests, they're going to get a new cycling cap. This is going to be yours, your first one. So I always love this story about the cycling cap. If you're listening, you're like, oh, I'm tuning out. Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit. So we have P athlete. As you know, we always ask people, what is your definition of the perfect athlete? Had to take it back to high school, middle school, uh, math, P. The function of being an athlete is perfect athlete, and you define a perfect athlete. Then we have synonyms that we created, Daniela, myself, and Roy, that define perfect for us. So this is all original. Uh, our thoughts, our ideas, and this is what we want to bring to you. And you can implement whatever you want because, again, you define a perfect athlete. Um, so this is going to be your gift. And if it doesn't fit, you can just change it. Change the size. Dang it. Oh, that's perfect. Perfect athlete, perfect fit. It looks good. Oh, you could have tried it out earlier. <laughs> but uh, let me make sure. Oh, yeah. So I always, I usually ask folks uh, about their contact information, but we'll, we'll make sure we put that contact information in the notes. So again, if you're watching this, if you're listening, or if you're on YouTube, uh, Instagram, it will be in the show notes. So make sure you connect with us. Make sure you connect with Katie. Make sure you just connect connect with us and just keep this community growing. Um, and then last but not least. Yeah, definitely last I had to go to my next car. Next car was number one. So definitely definitely last. Um, we talked about the bike clinic. So as we wrap up, can you tell folks, remind folks about the information about the bike clinic? Yeah, so we're going to be having a amputee cycling clinic October 4th in Rock Creek Park from 9 to 11. And um, it's going to be rather small due just, you know, to the restrictions of, you know, due to the pandemic. Um, you know, COVID, and we want to be you know safe as possible. But um, we're we're gonna have um, volunteers from, um, my gosh, so many volunteers. We have people coming from, um, all of, we, sorry, I'm so excited. Uh, okay, so we have um, bike experts coming from um, the community. We have a prosthetist coming. We have um, physical therapists coming. We also have um, just we have twelve awesome amputees who are signed up as our participants. Um, what are the age ranges? Oh my goodness, so our youngest is 11, and um, our oldest I think is like maybe in the 50s, but um, we have people who have not been on a bike since their amputation, and um, it is just, um, it's incredible, and it's, I mean, it's, I feel like it's such, it's been such a privilege to be able to organize this, and um, the excitement from our participants and also just the support from the community and just so many people, so many people who, who have come together. Like, it's just, yeah, it's just been amazing just the love from the, the cyclist community here. And um, um, yeah, it's just, yeah, I'm I just, love it. yeah, I'm happy. I love it. 
and I'm happy to be there. I'm looking forward to it. Um, thank you again for asking me. Thank you again for including me. And most importantly, thank you again for coming here and uh, sharing space with us and sharing your story with our community. Um, I, I know you were nervous, but I know this is only the first of many. Um, so I'm happy we got you first. Bam. <laughs> but no, uh, again, look forward to connecting with y'all um, and continue this going. So uh, the flyer for the event will be a link in the show notes. So look forward to staying posted and keeping y'all posted with all the things to come. All right, peace, y'all.